0: Hello and welcome to Megacity Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comics. I'm Eamon Clark and my guest for this episode is a writer, uh, the, an editor, the publisher of Time Bomb Comics, which includes titles like Flintlock and Brawler and many, many more. He's also the owner and wearer of probably the best jackets in British comics, let's be, let's be honest. It's a big warm welcome to Steve Tanner. Steve, Hello.
1: Hi there. Thank you very much for, um, for speaking to me today.
0: No problem at all. It's a delight. We're going to be talking about your new comic spectrum in a moment, but um, with all new guests, I like to get your sort of comics background or comics origin stories, as we say. Um, can you tell us particularly when you started reading comics and British comics in particular? well, well I,
1: I've always remembered the comics being um around the house when I, when I was little um so we for, 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 you know I can't remember a time when there wasn't a comic. Um, I, I always remember having um, being bought one of the nursery titles. Um, this would would be in in the early in, in the 60s. Um, I think it was uh, Bimbo Little Star, something like that. Uh, it was uh, it was where I, I kind of started. Um, so I was always kind of bought a comic every week. That was always a kind of a standard thing. And as I started to grow up, grow up a little bit, then I started to kind of um, realise that there were other kind of comics out there. Uh, which which um, which then I was drawn to. I remember for a while I w- I was um, I-, I would get looking. I was bought that one by my granny. You know, and we we go go visit her every every maybe every six or eight weeks, and there'd always be a stack of six six seven or eight lookins to kind of sit and amuse myself with uh, when I was there. I think I think where where I really started getting into comics properly was probably um, I remember seeing a TV advert for Battle Picture Weekly and um uh, that's one i specifically remember that was the first one i remember saying that i wanted rather than be happy for something to be bought for me um so i I, I remember battle picture weekly and from then on it was then you you went from there to to action uh, and then to 2000 ad and i kind of jumped around a fair bit i think i think you know there there wasn't a kind of a comic that i read for years and years and years Mm -hmm. i tended to kind of um you know, read a comic and then a new one would come out. So with, with obviously the free gift. So I'd jump over to that one uh, and read that for a little while and so on and so forth. Um, but I think the, the thing where, where it became the whole thing with comics and I me mean, became serious was probably in 1979 when um, Deskin Skin was doing his Marvel Revolution. Um, and one of his phases, having phase two or phase three, his Marvel Revolution, was was reinventing the uh, the, the weekly uh, Marvel reprint titles and relaunching them, um, still with the same numbering, which would be unheard of today, of course. But um, the, the, you know, I think it was Spider-Man and comic and uh, uh, Marvel comic. They both they relaunched Hulk Weekly came a, a, a couple of weeks later, um, and and uh, you know I, I started buying those, and to be honest, I was just sucked into the whole kind of i mean part was was actually the stories themselves but also there's a big element of of des's hucksterism which is very much in the stanley kind of mold at the time with his kind of says des columns and stuff uh, and that's really where i where from that point on comics became more of a of, of, of just a something to read and and started to become more of a fixation and it is it, from there really so it's really des Skin who, who's to blame for the mountains of comics I have around my house, and I can, you know, I regularly tell my wife that it's Des's fault. I think if ever she met Des, she'd probably batter him. But um, there we go. That that'll be that be something to to talk about at a future time, I suppose. But that's really my my origin story of comics. It's it's kind of you know it, it goes back years and years and years.
0: Right. I know I'm drifting off topic slightly, but I noticed that Des has just self-published his first volume of his memoirs, hasn't he? Says Des, I think. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah.
0: So, um am I right in thinking that Time Bomb Comics is 15 years old this year or thereabouts?
1: That's right. We it, it started in uh, two thousand and seven, and again, it kind of. I so I came to it fairly, fairly, relatively late, really. Um, I was just approaching forty, so I guess it was my midlife crisis. I know some people they, they get a Porsche or they were off with an au pair or something, but my m- mine was was to create a comic company. So that that's what that's what I did, uh, and it it was kind of fueled by actually visiting a convention uh, about a year before, uh, it being the first convention I'd been to, for a good decade maybe a bit more and um I, I went there expecting it to be very similar to the, the conventions that are, i remember back in the the 80s and 90s that i used to go to the annual uh, uk comic art convention was the one i used to regularly attend i think i think the only one i missed was I mean, maybe it was the last one or two that i think i missed because i was working abroad so i went to this convention in in birmingham and i was just blown away by i guess the the the, the kind of comics that were being published independently um I mean, because I always remember that there were always used to be indie comics at the old conventions, but they were very much of the, you know, you could tell that they were home produced, I guess, or small yeah. scale in terms of production values and even and, and even their content. They, they, they were good enough, but you you know, they couldn't sit alongside the regular comics. But suddenly the the British Indies seemed to be able to stand alongside the regular comics. Um, and, and that's where I first encountered people like Accent UK. I think Marcosi were there as well. And uh, there was a few others, a few other names who, who, who no longer um, are, are in, in, the, in the comics um, community. Um, but I came away from that uh, convention with the kind of realization that I, that I wanted to be back at that convention one year later, having my own comic and being the other side of the table. And that's really where it started. So that's why I spent that year then and getting that first comic sorted out. Um, and so it was, um, it was again, the Bourbon Convention in, in September 2007. That, that's where, where, where I was. And then that's what started it off, really. And I, I really didn't know if it would work. Um, but it was one of those kind of things where I, I kind of felt that if I never tried it, I'd always be wondering what if. Uh, and I always kind of think there's, you know, noble failure is always better than, than, than not actually making any attempt to succeed at all. As it was, luckily, it, it, it seemed to work. Uh, and 15 years later, here we are.
0: Excellent. And over those 15 years, do you know how many comics you've published in that time?
1: Oh, it would have been. I mean, in, in, uh, in terms of titles, it's around about 35, 40, I think, at the moment, I think it's been a while since I've gone down and, and, and actually gone title by title because now I'm at the point where some actually forget myself. Uh, some of the early ones, I actually think, oh, yeah, there's that one too. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's around about the, between 35 and 40 uh, different titles that, that have be put out over the years.
0: And if we just mention a couple of the titles, Flintlock, an 18th century adventure anthology. Now, I I think with your help, actually, interviewed John Burns about his cover, uh, for oh, that yeah. on episode 146 of this podcast because that that's I mean you know having a John Burns cover for that sort of title just seems a perfect fit doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah absolutely and it was very much kind of following on from the fact where I had you know Ian Kennedy uh, who, who did, did the, the the cover for book two you know and it was very much I mean approaching Ian was very much in that kind of same kind of spirit that approaching John because. Uh, the, the inspirations to Flintlock, one of them is the is the comic weekly comics that were produced in the in the sixties and seventies, uh, and both um, Ian and, and John are such a key part of, of that. Um, it was kind of great to be able to have them produce a cover for, for Flintlock, and, and you know the, the covers that they produce are just they're just beautiful. I think.
0: And the other one, of course, we mentioned Dead Skin. There's a sort of you've got Brawler, which is a sort of tribute to the anthology style comics of the late great warrior magazine is there two issues of brawler now that i've got
1: yeah there's two issues the third one should be coming out um later this year which is why we're waiting for literally the final kind of two or three pages of artwork to come in for that and, and then we're good to go um so yeah that'll be out this year as well
0: fantastic so let's turn to your exciting new collaboration with anderson entertainment i mean I I'm, I'm guessing most people will know but just for anybody who doesn't know just quickly fill us in on Jerry Anderson and the TV shows he produced.
1: Well well I think I mean it's interesting because I think if, when you think about kind of iconic kind of British genre you know science fiction kind of concepts um I I'm probably the first one that springs to mind is Doctor Who. Well, probably the second one of the second ones will will probably be something that's be be created by Gerry Anderson because he created so many. So that you know, there's things like UFO, there's Space Ninety Nine, there's Thunderbirds, there's Captain Scarlet, um, there's Terrorhawks, there's Space. But there, there's so many, uh, and he he was he was pretty much an icon of, of kind of um, British TV for many many years, and certainly for kind of TV that was you know kind of children's TV. Although of course, the one of the appeal of the Gerry Anderson shows is that they can be enjoyed. Enjoy by all ages, um, and I think I think you know he's made such a mark on um, on the history of TV, and and you know a lot of his, the ideas that he had are still kind of being kind of referred back to today in so many things in some of his uh, the ideas and some of his concepts. I mean there's so many there's so many different kind of concepts that he created there's even a whole load of things which it never actually made it to the to the screen uh, which are just just as exciting um so whether it is his live action tv shows or his puppetry shows or even you know the the, the cgi stuff that was sort of some of the last stuff that that um that, that was produced from um, from him and and, and uh, Anderson entertainment um that there's a real kind of creative well of, of just amazing concepts and ideas there so um I mean I think most people will probably have heard of one of the Jerry Anderson shows if they haven't heard of Jerry Anderson himself.
0: Yeah indeed I suspect as you say most people will have heard of uh, things like Space 1999 and Thunderbirds. So I mean you've got this comic co- coming out called Spectrum. How on earth did you uh you know form this collaboration with Anderson Entertainment. Where did the idea come from?
1: Well, I mean, it started in, in May last year, really. He's been working on it for about pretty much about a year. And um, they 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 kind of came to us, really. Um, well, Jamie Anderson, who, who is the son of Jerry, and he runs the Anderson Entertainment entertainment uh, side of things um they came to us and said that they're looking to kind of do something uh, using some of the concepts which they own outright and one of the things with with, with the whole jerry anderson stuff because he created so many different things and so many different places um you know the the rights for one thing is here and the rights for something else is there or something is shared and something is there's two or three I mean it's a it's a real kind of spaghetti junction of who owns what um, but with with the with the Anderson Entertainment it was very much it was they wanted to to do something with with the concepts that they own outright uh, which is which is what with the steer was for. For, for the contents of spectrum so we you know we've got terrorhawks hawks we've got space precinct and we've got a new captain scarlet and of course the new captain scarlet is the cgi series uh, that came out in in uh, i think 2006 something like that um as opposed to the um the the, the, the kind of the, the puppet version uh from from the uh the 60s so then there's a couple of other, other kind of concepts uh, that uh, as part of that as well which hopefully we'll get to get to use at some point in the future but that was pretty much how it how it came to came to be and so you know we had a, a few conversations with them we kind of said well this is what this is what we'd like to do and then they were quite happy to to for us to, to run with that and obviously like any kind of um thing we, we involves license properties or all, all stages of the process were, were then referred back to um to anderson entertainment uh, for for approvals uh, so there's, there there's nothing which, which which you know hasn't actually gone through them for, for, for kind of sign off and i'd be perfectly honest it, it, it's been a really smooth process because i have i mean one of the things that I was wondering about going into it because I had heard of various kind of stories from other creators who've been involved in in license properties here and there and, and you know, some of the times they, they, they end up in, in this quagmire of, of kind of approval, non-approval and, and, and going round and round in circles. But um, and the Anderson Entertainment uh, people have been really great, really supportive. I think they were, there was one minor change we, we, we had to make uh, with, some, with, with one of the pieces of artwork. Uh, I mean, it's very small, just a couple of panels. And it, it was just simply to do with, with the colour scheme. Of, of, one of one of the vehicles, which was slightly out, um, but but apart from that, it's been great. And what was really good as well was Jamie Anderson being involved, quite quite kind of hands on. So even from from the when we were kind of um, submitting the actual the story pitches, he was coming back and he was making his suggestions and giving insight and ideas of how the stories can be developed. So so although you know the the stories themselves are, are you know are written by um, I'm doing Captain Scarlet. Dan Whitehead is doing um, Terra Hawks, and Rich Clements has, has, has written Space Precinct. Although they're they the names on the actual stories, Jamie Anderson's fingerprints are, are, are there as well. You know, which so it's, it's been a real good collaborative process to bring together, and it's been great to be the point where, you know, finally being able to announce it. You know, because it's been kind of we, we've been working on it for, for, for the last year. So it's always good to get to a point where we can say, well, look, this is what we've been doing. And it's been great that it's been um, well received so far, which has been terrific.
0: And Jamie Anderson is, you know, he's a great sort of advocate and protector of his father's legacy. Um, he does, you know, he does a podcast about it. He's popped up on of 4 from time to time, various documentaries about Anderson you see him on. He's great, isn't he? And it's nice that he's so involved in this project and all the other projects.
1: Oh yeah, I, I think I think I think that's great. I think that's one of the things that he's very he's very much a driving force behind the whole Anderson Entertainment. Um, and there's a you know there's always something that's, that they're announcing that they're they're involved with. So it's not just I mean Spectrum seems a very small part of of, of the kind of the big kind of tapestry of, of what they do. Um, so you know we, you know they where they do I know they do the the audio kind of things big with, with finish, Big Finish and yeah. things like that. You know, and I know there's, uh, there's, there's, there's games and toys constantly being being developed and stuff. So it, it's quite far-reaching. It's, it's quite good. So so having been able to kind of give some of his time uh, to Spectrum, that's been great as well to be perfect. Because you're fully aware how busy he must be.
0: Yeah. So you've mentioned some of the writers of the, the strips. Tell us about the artists that you've got on board um, to sort of like illustrate this for Spectrum.
1: Oh, well, on... Um, on space precinct we've got james gray um we've on um Terrorhawks, we've got steve pickford and on uh kneecap and scarlet we've got pete woods uh, and each of those artists were really kind of kind of selected because of because a couple of things really first of all that they're, they're fit for the actual property that they were going to be um going to be illustrating so that we felt that their art styles really suit those particular kind of concepts but also to be perfectly honest um they're people that we've kind of worked with before or are familiar with um and, and we know that, that they can't they, you know the quality of work they can produce and and also their reliability on all, the, all those kind of things as well so um it was interesting that we didn't have to ask like any kind of other artists we went to them uh, and and they, they they said yes straight away. In fact, everybody who's been involved with with the, with the book, um, none of them said no. As soon as we said what it was, they they were pretty much on board straight away, which was which was great. Uh, and what was interesting was when we actually announced, um, I had a whole flurry about messages messages and, and, and emails from other creators. Some quite surprising names, to be perfectly honest, amongst them, just trying to find out if there was you know, room for them in, in what we're doing going forward. So, you know, it, it just really kind of, um, I guess, summarizes how kind of uh, iconic and uh, how meaningful some of these concepts are to, to the actual creators involved that are doing them.
0: Fantastic, and then while we're talking about the artist, we've also got to mention the splendid cover, which will also be sort of like the cover image for this episode of the podcast. And it's been on social media; people will probably have seen it. But tell us about the cover for Spectrum.
1: Um, that's uh, of course that's Steve Pugh, which which is, is a fantastic cover, to be perfectly honest. Um, and it, it was a that was arranged. I'll be honest; it was arranged with Dan Whitehead. Um, he 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 arranged the um he, he kind of uh, contacted Steve about doing the cover and uh, I remember when it first came through to me that it was one of the like a fall off your chair moment it was it was astonishing uh, to see it really was Um, and, um, and I think it's one of the things that have kind of created a lot of excitement because you know it's Steve Pugh. I mean, Steve Pugh's been knocking stuff out of the park for years and years and years. His stuff is stuff is brilliant, and he's a lovely fella as well, which is always, always makes it good. So, you I know, mean, over the years, I've, I've had the opportunity to catch up with Steve now and again at shows and stuff, and it's always been a pleasure. So to have his his, his kind of artwork uh, gracing one of uh, one of Time Bomb's releases, well, that 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 really ticks my boxes as well. I'll be perfectly honest.
0: Fantastic stuff. So tell us the when this episode comes out, the Kickstarter. Has got, I think, another week to run. Is that right? To the till, till the first uh, of May.
1: Yeah, it finishes. Uh, I think it's uh, ten o'clock in the evening on the, on the first of May. Um, so um, you know. So yeah. So uh, and and so you know, if people can want to pre-order the book through Kickstarter. Uh, they'll be getting lots of extras as part of that. The way we the way the time bomb you know approaches kickstarter we approach it as very much as a a pre-order vehicle rather than a all or nothing kind of fund our project kind of thing um and that kind of works for us it means that what we can do we can um be sure that the people that that do uh back the 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 book through the kickstarter um will end up getting the 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 book um at a much better um rate and, and, and deal than they would anywhere else uh, and that's a guarantee so you know after after the you know after the kickstarter finishes and it comes out in the books traditionally published and um it's going to be featured in the um the diamond catalog in may uh for delivery into into stores in july um so and obviously it'll it'll be it'll be you know central to to our display at conventions that we do it'll be available through our online store but um so it'll still be available through all those channels but with the kickstarter everyone that, um, that supports the Kickstarter will get something extra other than the, the book they've pledged for. So they'll get the book. They'll also get something else, uh, and that, that's a guarantee. So, it, it's, um, so it's a great way for, for kind of people to jump on board early uh, and get some special kind of extras that literally will not be available anywhere else outside of the campaign.
0: And would it be fair to say that the Kickstarter was uh, quite popular in its first 24 hours or so, Steve? did quite well.
1: Um yeah, it was it, it was it was it, I mean, you know, I was kind of hoping it would do it would do okay to be perfectly honest. Um but it, it, it funded in, in um 4 hours 20 minutes from the time <laughs> of when we we, when we button. um which, which 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 is great. And and of course it, it, it's it's continuing to kind of kind of build um daily. Um I think we're um we're about 10 days 10 11 days in now as we're speaking and um it, it, it's already, you know, shaping up to be one of one of our most successful uh kickstarter pre-orders if not uh, the most successful by the time that we're done uh but but that's that's great but i think that's that's the that's the beauty of the kickstarter platform i think it, it, it means that you know this kind of stuff is available to anyone across the world who, who wants, who's interested. Uh, and obviously with, with the current one at the moment, we have kind of backers from obviously the majority are from the UK, but then we have kind of um, the United States, we have Canada, we have Japan, Sweden, Australia, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Cyprus, um, New Zealand, um, Netherlands, Germany, France, Brazil. Yeah. yeah I mean, all it's, it's all over the world. And that's great to see as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Anderson fandom or Fanderson is all over the world, as you say. Um, So get on the Kickstarter, particularly if you want to get the extra features, because there's some stretch goals that you've already announced, I think. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. We've already unlocked two. Um, So we're closing down on the the third one. And, you know, we think there'll be there'll be at least one more uh, to get before we're done, maybe even another two. Uh, we certainly have you know we i've certainly got a, a you know some stuff lined up for a further two um potentially you know we, well beyond that we'll we'll, we'll we'll see where we end up but um i mean it, it's about making sure that everyone who uh, who supports the the book through the kickstarter is, is kind of properly rewarded uh with not just the book but something else uh and that's a key part of how I approach all the kickstarters I do that um every every backer will get something other than what they originally pledged for, which is the book uh, that's a key part of the day. I mean it's, it's a nice way to say kind of thank you to people for kind of um, having faith in, in us and and, and uh, putting a, putting their pledge down before the book is released to be perfectly honest
0: great stuff, but it will also as you say it will turn up in the diamond catalog it will turn up w- with you at conventions in the future i guess
1: yeah that's right that's right um I, I, I think um, we're looking that the first uh, show it will be appearing at. Will be the MCM London Show at the end of may um, that 's that's, that's where it will be first be appearing, but then as I said it will be offered offered into comic shops, but the, you know, because of the way that the uh, the pre ordering system works it won 't be into comic shops till till july um, and again that 's another key strategy because obviously um, with, with how we do the Kickstars we want to be sure that the people who pre ordered the a book they 're the ones that have the opportunity to get it first and enjoy it before everybody else
0: sure okay. And you know, you've said it's very successful Kickstarter. Fanderson is a huge thing, the fandom. Do you think is it too early to ask whether there might be another issue of spectrum? Will there be spectrum two at some point, do you think?
1: No, well, there'll certainly be another spectrum. Um I, I can I can I can guarantee that. Beyond that, I, I can't really go into much at the moment simply because it's all tied down with with um, you know, um the the, the terms that we've agreed with Anderson sure. and and, and disclosures and and we and to be honest I don't reveal our hand too early just yet um but I mean there's certainly we have some things kind of lined up and I think one of them will kind of surprise people as well but and I I hate kind of vaguing but um but I I, I will do on this occasion but just watch this space regarding that I think
0: Sure. I mean, obviously, there's the complexities of a relationship with a big organisation like Anderson Entertainment, uh, I understand. Well, look, check the notes for this episode and the webpage. You'll find links to the Kickstarter and you'll find links to timebombcomics.com where you can also find more details and all your other titles. Um, Steve, I'm going to turn you back to artwork because we play this game on the podcast, the Grail page game, where we like to imagine original artwork is available and we can afford it. Um, is there a page from Spectrum, um, including the cover, that if you could own the original art for and hang it on your wall, that you'd love to have in particular?
1: Um, that's a really good question. It's prob- to be perfectly honest, I- I'd probably be selfish and it would be one of Pete-, Pete Wood's one simply because, you know, writing Captain Scarlet, was a really great thing to be able to do so to have something from the from the actual um strip that i um that i wrote for that um that would be something and i, I love piece artwork anyway so I, it'd be it'd be very be very self-indulgent in that regard it would be, it'd be the first appearance of captain scarlet in his uniform on, on page i think it's page three um of uh, of, of spectrum that would be that would be the one and I might even, honest, I might even tap up Pete for it, to be honest, once we're done. I'll see.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to it. I know Pete. He's not been on the podcast yet, but I do know Pete. So uh, congratulations on doing Captain Scarlet, Pete. So great stuff. And if I widen the game out to all of your Time Bomb comics that you've done over the years, is there another page particularly that you'd like to uh, to mention?
1: I think, I think one of the things that Time Bomb uh, has become kind of known for is having really, really good covers yeah. uh and covers that really catch the eye. Um, I mean you mentioned that the you know the the J- John Burns's flintlock cover and of course like Ian Kennedy as well. But I think one of the covers which I think always seems to kind of draw people and create excitement and just fascination was uh Stars Johnson's wonderful cover for Brawler one, which um which had the um the Sasquatch riding uh, the T-Rex in World War II and um and just that sentence alone kind of encapsulates why i think it creates so, so much interest um so i think that that's the probably the one which um is the money shot in terms of um in, in terms of code. but the thing is it's very difficult because you know i said there's been 35 odd, odd, odd books there's been some great artwork for, for you know right across the range i mean i mean all the artists that what we work with they all they all bring it they really do um you know we, 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 we it would be lucky to kind of be able to kind of print some brilliant artwork um from some and, you know and tell some brilliant stories from some great creators over the years um so um you know there, there i mean there are a couple of pages which I'm, I'm lucky enough to own i mean um i've got a couple of the pages from defiant which was, um, which is the one by Daniel Bell, uh, drawn the artwork by Daniel Bell, and that was written by Andy Winter. Um, there's some lovely artwork in that, and I, I'm lucky enough to actually own a couple of pieces of that. I've got um, a lovely kind of piece of uh, of Dick Turpin, which was a promo piece which um, Roland Bird did um, for, for for the Dick Turpin book we, we did together. Again, that that's a brilliant, beautiful page. It was one of the ones we ended up um, using as a as a a special print as part for, for that Kickstarter campaign for Nick Turpin, but the original um uh, you know he, he, he very generously gifted me that, uh, and, that and that is what that is a price position as well Part of it as well is probably my obsession with the home in the first place that kind of that, that, that helps but um yeah it it's, it's really difficult to tie it down there's been loads and loads of um brilliant artwork produced which is which is terrific.
0: Fantastic stuff, Steve. Well, I will, we will certainly grant you the page three from Captain Scarlet and the Stas Johnson cover to own in the Virtual Art <laughs> Gallery, and I will share those images, hopefully, on the socials when this episode comes out as well. I mean, you know, it's an enormous achievement having Spectrum, being the Kickstarter's been very successful. Is there anything else from Time Bomb this year that you'd like to mention that you've got coming up?
1: Well, I think initially, which we're trying to kind of, because it's our 15th anniversary year, but we're, I mean, literally everything seems to be coming out this year that that's kind of a, that given us a bit of a stamp, I suppose. So, um, I mean, we've got Harker coming, more Harker coming out. Um, so, we've got the um, second part of The Black Hound with Harker coming out late this year. We've got a new issue of Brawler, as I mentioned. We've also got Flintlock Book 6 um we've we got um bomb scares that will be, be, be making an appearance as well um so all all the stuff over the past few years uh, they've really built you know a, a, a following um they, they, they've all got something uh, a new book or coming out this year at some point we've got a very very busy year um so there, there's there's lots going on and so it's um sometimes it's scary um how much i have kind of Coming up when I when I sit and think about it, and I wonder about how and if I am going to schedule it all. And but um, it's kind of great to be, but to be in that position, at least if nothing else, you know, you know, to have kind of after fifteen years to have all have all, all our our core cool, cool books having new 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 issues out. Um, I think that, that that that's great. And of course now I am already kind of uh, working ahead to books that won't be seeing the light of day till twenty twenty four. Uh, maybe in 2025 so um you know it, it, it's a it, it's a continual process um but um but it, it, it's a great to, to, to do that it's great to be part of it um and there's always something new uh that, that seems to be coming coming our way um i, I was at um swansea uh, the swansea comics and gaming convention this weekend and i perfectly honest i've never done that one before it was absolutely an marvelous marvelous event it really is i mean full credit to the guys that do it um it's very comics focused it really is like a you know they have some other stuff as well like gaming and that kind of stuff but i mean that heart is all about comics I and mean, it's run by guys who are very hardcore comics fans so that's terrific um and um you know for, for there there's something that came my way there that hopefully uh at some point in the future um i'll be in a position where i can talk a bit more about it
0: fantastic and while we mention conventions and the comic spectrum we've got to mention again your jackets. you're instantly recognizable at any comic event because of your colorful jackets steve how many of those do you have
1: Uh, i got about 15 or 16 i think something like that um you know one for every occasion right Uh,
0: (laughs) they are very colorful when did you start doing that
1: Well, the thing is, I mean, it's quite funny, really, because the the, the jackets have come up quite a few times over the last over the last kind of couple of years. Um, You know, I've become kind of known for the jackets, but the jackets existed long before Time Bomb Comics. Um, The jackets are very much me. Um, uh, It was you know, the Time Bomb Comics came second, um, really. But um, (laughs) so so I I was walking around in these jackets long long before I was kind of a are doing time bomb um which probably you yeah, know probably says more about me than than props than anyone needs to know. Um, but um but yeah I mean, you know, and I've always kind of um worn them well, I mean I think I started wearing them probably in the um let me think would it be in the nineties, I think. Nineteen nineties. That's when I first started wearing them. And really, and the reason I, I kind of I, I gravitate towards these kind of uh um jackets that are probably a bit um a bit more unconventional than the traditional men's kind of suits and jackets is simply because I find the that the that a lot the men's jackets usually and suits are so boring in terms of the you know they're very it's kind of black uh, a dark blue uh, grey you know maybe brown maybe maybe bottle green but that's pretty much it I find it the I find it the most boring and uninteresting kind of piece of clothing um, that that anyone can wear. Um, so it's kind of like I would refuse to wear something like that. So, so that's where they. And then, and they're all kind of, uh, they're all tailor made. They're all kind of um, one offs. So I don't buy anyone off, 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 off the peg. They're all kind of made for me um so um i've I've selected the material so it's actually my fault completely my fault (laughs) um but uh...
0: (laughs) so obviously we'd be able to find you at any comic events coming up um instantly recognizable as i say where which events you mentioned mcm london which events have you got coming up in the rest of 22 Oh, well,
1: I've got got quite a few already lined up. I mean, one of the things, I mean, it's it's kind of we've gone again from from famine to feast, really, because the the last couple of years with lockdown, with there being being no conventions, has been a really kind of strange time. Um, At the same time, conversely, I was able to spend a lot more, more time being creative. Because I didn't have to plan being away for weekends and stuff, um, but um, next up I've got Portsmouth at the beginning of May, um, and then I think mean, I've got I've got Plymouth. I think the week week later. Then I mentioned MCM London, but um, as we, as we go through through the year, I've, I'm doing uh, Megacon Manchester, uh, which I think is in is in July. Um, I'm doing the I should be at the, the, the Lincoln Steampunk Asylum. Uh, at the end of August when it gets then to autumn it, it becomes quite con heavy because we have I know there's a show I'm doing in, in, in Glasgow Bristol um, there's one in Birmingham I'll probably be at and then we've got MCM again in London and of course we've got the mighty uh, mighty thought bubble in uh, in, in November so um, it's um, yeah the, the, the shows are back and they, they seem be back with a vengeance
0: fantastic stuff you're a busy man with a busy schedule coming up this year
1: But it's great. It's it's great to have so much going on. I mean, uh, it's um, sometimes it's kind of it's always you know if it's almost that there's too much going on, but I'd rather be in that position rather than kind of be. um, Sat there, wondering, wondering what to do and where to go. It's it's great that there's so much happening, and and, it, and to be honest, it's, it's great that you know, Time Bomb over the years has kind of built up, and and it's got that level of, of kind of support now and and recognition uh, in the UK. I think mean, and they, it kind of blows their away sometimes um, that, that 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 you know, I've managed to we've managed to get it to, to that level, and it seems to be getting um, bigger and better um, with each year, uh, which is a wonderful thing that. it thing to kind of um, be part of to be perfectly honest
0: fantastic steve well thank you so much for giving up your time this monday afternoon to talk about spectrum and time bomb comics check out the notes for all all of the links to steve's work i will probably see you hopefully at thought bubble because i'm going to that one so i'll see you then and that's it thanks for being on the show steve
1: well, thanks very much for, for, for letting me um have some time with you i really enjoyed it
0: no trouble at all and thank you to everyone for listening to megacity book club as ever, follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the 2080 forums. Check out the socials for details of Steve's projects and some of those art images we've been talking about. Email me mcbcpodcastgmail.com. And until next time, when we're passing judgment on another great book, uh, it's a goodbye from me and.
1: Goodbye from me. <laughs>